Sunday night football. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's lost. Mills got a trace. And there is your dagger. You are now listening to NFL Picks with Gabe and Everything Burrito Production. It's week 10, time for those week 10 picks. Before we get to that, let's talk about what an idiot I am. Let's talk about my shameful, disgraceful week 9 performance. Yeah, that's right, 2-11 and 11 against the spread. That's about as bad as a person can do, so we're looking for a huge bounce back this week. Uh, we went 7-6 and six straight up. Um, unsatisfactory on all ends. Uh, thank you for, st- if you're listening to this right now, thank you for sticking with me because we're going to do better. I promise we're going to do better. I feel confident. That's all you can do. You got to have a short memory. Uh, this is like vintage Brett Favre, right? Throws an interception on one play, comes back and throws the winning touchdown on the next. That's what we got to do. So that's what we're aiming to do. Obviously for the year now, we're, we're below 500 against the spread, 55 and 60. We're still 78 36 and one straight up. So feeling feeling decent about that. This week we got a good slate of games. I'm feeling good about them. I feel good every week. I feel like the logic works out every week. But you know we're just gonna keep putting in the work and hopefully the results follow. So let's talk football. Let's talk our our first game that we're gonna discuss: Jacksonville at Green Bay. Uh, Now, Jacksonville last week went up against the Texans, and I thought that they did not stand a chance because I really didn't anticipate Jake Luton being able to throw the ball down the field. And, of course, he uncorks a few to DJ Chark. He looked really good. And the thing that's been consistent for the Jaguars all year long has been running back James Robinson, who has uh, week in and week out uh, not only grinded out some yards but made plays in the running game. So Jacksonville has some good things going for him. Doesn't look like Gardner Minshew is going to be back for this one. So yeah, it'll be Jake Luton. And maybe Jacksonville just wants to stick with Jake Luton for a while. I still don't think he's an answer in any way. He he played pretty decent against the Texans. But Luton is, is not a great quarterback. But he showed that he has some potential. And he shows that he's capable of, you know, making a few throws here and there. So that's Jacksonville on offense. On defense, Jacksonville, uh, they have a lot of holes. And they are not going to be able to slow down Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is going to torch this defense. Of course he will. Um, And Rodgers not only has Devontae Adams, who's playing out of his mind right now. Devontae Adams has been the premier receiver in the NFL Bar none. I mean, it's it's a good competition here. You got Devontae Adams, you got DK Metcalf, and you got DeAndre Hopkins, probably the top three receivers in the game right now. But uh, yeah, Adams has been ridiculously good. Now you got Aaron Jones getting healthy. Uh, Alan Lazard will likely be back for this game. So that's huge for the Packers. And David Bakhtiari uh, should be healthy here too. So the, the Packers are really... Uh, rebounding from those injuries, and and they looked pretty darn good against San Francisco the last time we saw them. They're on extended rest, so that's good. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think the Packers are going to be able to hang a crooked number on Jacksonville here, but 
Uh, Jacksonville, uh, offensively, we talked about it. They, they have some playmakers. They have some decent dudes out there. And Jake Luton, like I said, he, he impressed me. I underrated him last week. Um, Green Bay defensively has some holes. It's not like those are showing up on a week to week basis, but sometimes they're showing up more times than others. So with this one, Green Bay is 13 and a half point favorite. That that's huge. That's a, that's a big spread on this game. Especially for a team uh, in Jacksonville that, again, they've shown some some decent offensive production. And Green Bay has shown some holes in defense at times. So I'm not saying that I couldn't envision this being a blowout that the, the spread is predicting it to be. But at the same time, I kind of expect James Robinson and the Jacksonville offense to keep the, the Jags maybe not in the game, but at least just keep them from being blown out of the water. Uh, if if Jacksonville plays their cards right, they they stick close. Um, you know, they take a page out of the Vikings playbook from a few weeks back. Vikings and obviously Dalvin Cook and James Robinson are two different guys, so I really don't want to uh, be comparing them over much. But the Vikings stuck with the ground game, limited the amount of possessions in the game, and that way they controlled uh, they controlled the the game flow. Now, I don't I don't believe the Jaguars are a legitimate threat to win this game. This is Green Bay's game, period. Um, this is probably the biggest lock of the week as far as just a straight up victory for Green Bay. Um, but I, I'm taking Green Bay to win this one 38 to 26. So Green Bay, straight up victory, easy money. Um, but as far as uh, that 13 and a half point spread, I'm taking the Jaguars to cover it. That's not a popular pick this week. Um, but I just, yeah, I think they can hang in there. Um, I think James Robinson is the key uh, against that Packers run defense, which has been suspect at times. Washington at Detroit is our next game. Washington football team, uh, has just been such a hard team to predict this year. I have, I'm in love with, with their defense and their defense has played really, really well most weeks. And yet, week after week, it seems like they let me down and they let their fan base down. So last week was kind of an interesting one. Uh, Alex Smith saw some game action with the injury to Kyle Allen and Alex Smith actually looked fairly comfortable uh, as opposed to the first time he saw the field, which, you know, he took like eight sacks. But Smith, you know, he, he looks like an NFL quarterback again, which is I mean, it's unbelievable and it's an awesome story and, and all that. Um, and, and I actually liked the way he looked last week, except for he was very careless with the ball. Now that's not typical Alex Smith, uh, just turning the ball over on numerous occasions. Um, Giants defense is a little underrated. So, uh, they, they obviously pose a little bit of a threat there. Uh, Washington offense has some weapons. Terry McLaurin is an awesome receiver. Cam Sims is starting to come into his own. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm on record as saying I really like Antonio Gibson as a running back, and I like Logan Thomas there as a tight end. So Washington has some weapons, and they're going up against the Detroit defense that is pretty porous. Uh, Detroit really doesn't have a consistent pass rush, and they have a young secondary. I love Jeffrey Okuda for, you know, the future here, but I, I just he's not, he's not elite right now. He's not playing that well right now. Um, pass rating of over 100 when you throw his way. So I think McLaurin is going to be able to get his yards over there. And 
yeah, Washington on, on defense, like we said, they're they're scrappy. They're good. That front line is amazing. Chase Young, one of the top young defensive players in the league. And you're facing off against Detroit. Now, Detroit has Stafford. Uh, you know, as far as I know, he's a full go. Stafford has had some some injury injury issues. Um, but, you know, looks like he's going to go on this one, which is great. But once again, they'll be without Kenny Galladay. And that's a huge absence. This Lions team is completely different with and without Kenny Galladay. That's like the number one thing to know. Um, I understand they have different targets and Marvin, Marvin Jones has done a good job stepping in at times and stuff, but, uh, Stafford needs Galladay. Um, it's huge. And, uh, that's, that's going to help the Washington football team to be able to keep this one competitive. Now, I, I don't think they can win the game. Uh, I think that their, their front four will be disruptive. I think Alex Smith will take better care of the ball in this one. And I think he'll be able to get it to Terry McLaurin a little bit. So what's the difference? The difference here is that Detroit has finally figured out how to use DeAndre Swift. Swift is a dynamic back. Uh, He was uh, the Lions' first choice in the draft this year. And he's going to finally get a chance to get a little decent workload. And I I believe that Matt Patricia has finally figured out that he needs to be their principal back. And that's awesome. So in this one, I, I'm projecting a Lions victory, 26 to 23 over the Washington football team. Uh, the Washington football team are, are four and a half point underdogs. So we are taking them against the spread. We're taking Detroit straight up and we'll see how that plays out. Houston at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland has huge news coming out this week that running back Nick Chubb looks to be back for this game. He, he's been on IR. They've just had Kareem Hunt back there. Hunt is is a great back himself, but uh, you know him and Chubb together are are just huge. And Chubb is clearly the better running back between him and Hunt. So having Nick Chubb back for this one is going to be an enormous thing uh, for this Cleveland team, especially because they're going up against the Houston Texans team, which is notoriously bad against the run. So that's going to be a, a big factor in this game. Baker Mayfield has been a little banged up. Uh, we don't know. I mean, we could see Case Keenum uh, in this game. Uh, that's still a possibility. I expect to see Baker. Uh, Baker's going to be, of course, without OBJ. We know he's out for the year. Uh, Jarvis Landry, you know, and Rashard Higgins are, are the primary targets there now. And so Cleveland's offense is probably going to look fairly good because you're going up against the Texans team, despite the fact that they have J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless there. They're just a, a pretty ordinary or really mediocre defense, and especially in the secondary. And uh, well, I say especially in the secondary, but honestly, it's it's their run defense that's probably the biggest hole in this Texans team. So Cleveland is going to be able to score fairly easily. But with that said, Cleveland's defense has not played very well this year either. Now they have a game wrecker in Miles Garrett. And Garrett has been unbelievable. He's been a force of nature uh, this season from his defensive line position. Uh, but you're going up against the Sean Watson and the Houston Texans. And despite the fact that the Houston Texans barely have a run game to speak of, uh, you saw that last week, even after you know David Johnson went out with a concussion, Johnson has been horrible. But uh, then Duke Johnson comes in in relief and, and he does nothing. And yet, Deshaun Watson is such a special quarterback, 
like we don't appreciate how good Deshaun Watson is because Watson has had every weapon taken away from him. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. He's got his team of, of number two receivers. I get that he's got Laramie Tunsil on the line, but really that offensive line is, is pretty uh, below average. And somehow Watson manages to get the ball out to Kenny Stills, get the ball to Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, all these guys, Randall Cobb. And Watson keeps them in games. And against this Cleveland defense, which is just not very good, you're, you're going to see Deshaun Watson put up some, put up some numbers. Watson is, is a guy, he's probably going to be down, uh, which is fine because Houston just likes to pass the ball anyway, because they can't run the ball. Um, so yeah, Deshaun Watson is going to be able to, to tear apart the Cleveland defense as well. Now I don't think they can keep up with the Browns in this one. So I'm going to go Cleveland 33, uh, Texans 31, uh, Houston is three and a half point underdogs. So I expect to see them cover that spread, uh, while taking the loss to the Browns with, uh, Nick Chubb back. Of course, we, we don't know how Nick Chubb is going to look in his return. Uh, I would think he's going to look like the old Nick Chubb, but there might be a little rust, but either way, I, I'm seeing the Browns take this one. Let's talk Tampa Bay at Carolina. Uh, Wow. I, what is there to say about the Buccaneers? They looked like a semi-professional team against the Saints, and Brady looked as bad as he's ever looked. Uh, their defense blew assignment after assignment. They just looked unprepared, frazzled, awful against the Saints. Um, boy, it's it's tempting to think that that's just who they really are, but there is too much talent on this team to look that way week after week. So this this Tampa Bay defense is very skilled. They're skilled. They blew a lot of assignments in coverage, but they're very skilled. Um, run defense-wise, I mean, they're as good as it gets. Uh, you have such a powerful defensive line, and, and we've, we keep talking about those linebackers, Devin White and Levante David, but it's because they make such an impact on the game. In this one, going up against Carolina... Carolina sounds like will probably be without Christian McCaffrey due to a shoulder injury. So McCaffrey first game back makes a huge impact against the Chiefs. And now he's out with a shoulder injury, probably against the Bucs. So that's a huge blow for Carolina. Now, Mike Davis has looked really, really good in relief. And especially now that maybe he got a little bit of a rest with McCaffrey being back last week, he got less touches. So, you know, Davis will be decent. And, you know, again, Carolina is capable of pushing the ball down the field. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater wills this Carolina team uh, to to hang with some tough competition. You saw that fourth down and 14 play last week where Teddy Bridgewater just laying out uh, for his squad. Um, I, I really like Bridgewater here. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, looking, looking at this Carolina team, they, they can probably... Uh, you know, get the ball downfield. Maybe the Bucks corners will, will blow a few more assignments. That's possible, but they're going to feel the absence of Christian McCaffrey, no doubt about that. So that's going to be a tough thing uh, for Carolina. For Tampa Bay offensively, uh, you could not have picked a better team to go against after the face plant that they just did against the Saints. So Carolina has very few uh, weapons defensively. And they're dealing with injuries up front, so that's going to be an issue. 
and their secondary really can easily be picked apart. So if you know anything about Tom Brady, um, get in his corner as soon as everybody counts him out. So that's what I'm doing. I'm getting in Tom Brady's corner here. I I know how awful he looked. I know how terrible he looked. But look, uh, it's still Brady. Um, he is going to be so focused this week. He's getting chemistry with Antonio Brown established. Godwin and Evans are getting more healthy. Uh, you know, Brady and Gronk had looked really, really good as a combo prior to that Saints matchup. So, you know, I'm looking for that. And maybe the biggest factor here is the resurgence of the play-action game because you're going to see Leonard Fournette probably, or, or Ronald Jones, one or the other. But you're going to see uh, the running game for Tampa get going here too because unlike the Saints, the Panthers are a sieve uh, against the run. So this one, Tampa's five-and-a-half-point favorites. I like this Carolina team. Uh, so, you know, I think they're going to stick with Tampa to a degree. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going Buccaneers 30, Panthers 24, uh, Tampa's five-and-a-half-point favorites, according to ESPN's Pigskin Pick'em. So I'm taking the Buccaneers to cover that spread and to get the victory straight up. Philadelphia at the New York Giants, the NFC least, the worst division in football. This one's for the for the division right here. Um, these two teams have both underwhelmed all year long. Um, both of them have been, I don't know, just almost frustrating to watch. It's been difficult to watch. Um, Philadelphia, of course, they're, they're getting more and more healthy. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is back. Uh, Miles Sanders is going to be back for this one. So that's huge. Uh, Carson Wentz has looked lost at times. He has looked, uh, very inaccurate at, at times, but he's, he's willed his team to victories. He's going up against a, a Giants defense that um, has been kind of underrated. Honestly, the, the Giants have played uh, some much better defense than people like to give them credit for. And so, I, I you know, I, I think that'll continue despite the fact that, you know, Leonard Williams continues to deal with injuries. And, you know, they, they, they're not, they don't have any superstars out there defensively. And yet, you know, they've played solid. The Giants' offense, um, Wayne Gallman has looked actually fairly decent. You know, you got Darius Slayton and, and Sterling Shepard out there for Daniel Jones to throw to. Again, it's just nothing to write home about, but uh, they're not as bad as people want to make them seem. Uh, Philly on defense, though, has a tremendous front four. Um, between them and Washington, you know, those are like my two favorite defensive lines to watch. Um Philly's front four can dominate, and the Giants' blocking has been really pretty bad this year for the most part. We'll see. It, week to week, um, they, they've risen to the occasion at times, um, but but I expect to see Daniel Jones under pressure, and he's probably going to throw some picks. I get that. But on the other hand of it, I expect to see Carson Wentz struggle too because even with his weapons back, have you really seen this Philly team play up to their potential at any point? So in this one, they're favored by three and a half. And I think Philly gets the win here. I think the Eagles get the win here. But, you know, the Giants team is just as scrappy as the Eagles team. And both of these teams are just as good as at each other as at shooting themselves in the foot. So they're just a couple self-sabotaging teams. I expect this to be sloppy and close and frustrating to watch. And I'm going to take the Eagles to win this one. 26 to 23. 
Uh, that means the Eagles get the straight-up victory, but the Giants cover the three-and-a-half-point spread against them. Tua Tonga-Valoa. Let's talk uh, LA Chargers at Miami Dolphins. This one I, I would love to get a chance to check out live. Um, Tua Tonga-Valoa versus Justin Herbert. Um, these these quarterbacks are both awesome. Uh, you saw Tua play, play very well last week. And despite the fact that the Preston Williams is now on IR, one of his one of his best receivers, uh, Tua is a playmaker on offense, and he is he's capable of that. Uh, the Chargers' defense has been a little uh, underwhelming this year. They they haven't played up to expectation. So I feel like this Dolphins team can continue to you know put up a few points on them. Um, you know Casey Hayward has not played up to where we thought he would this year. Joey Bosa has been in and out because of injuries, um, you know, d- different struggles for the Chargers there. Um, and the Chargers have just kind of had the opposite of a killer instinct this year. They have just found a way to lose games, which maybe in the long run, that's a good thing. But uh, in this one, that appears to be a bad thing. Miami is kind of the opposite. Miami definitely is the type of team that has pulled out some games this year. And one of the things that's helped Miami do that is, is their defense. Their defense has been very underrated and played very, very well. And I think you'll continue to see that in this one, um, despite the fact that they're going up against Justin Herbert. Now, Herbert, I fully expect to do his damage, right? Because this is a guy that really hasn't been fully stopped this year. He is a playmaker at quarterback, just like Tua. And he pushes the ball down the field. He's entertaining to watch for that reason. He makes throws under pressure. Um, you know, Mike Williams out there. Well, actually, you know what? It, Keenan Allen, it doesn't matter who he's got out there. It just feels like Justin Herbert has that special sauce that makes him connect with whatever wide receiver he's got out there. But their, their running game has really been a struggle since Austin Eckler went down. You know, they had that two-headed monster going with, uh, you know, Kelly and Jackson and you know, they're bringing in different guys now. But really, the thing about it is that the Dolphins defense is superior to the Chargers defense. I think you're basically seeing teams that are kind of a mirror image of each other, young quarterbacks, playmakers. But the one thing that elevates the Dolphins is their defense has played much, much better this year. So uh, in this one, the Dolphins are two and a half point favorites. I'm comfortable with that. Um, I'm taking the Dolphins to win this one 31 to 27 over the Chargers. So they're getting uh, the straight up win and the victory over the spread. Uh, Denver at Las Vegas. I like both of these teams. You know, um, <laughs> I like Denver, but they break my heart. Y- you saw Drew Locke. I-, I don't, this is a conundrum. For three quarters of every game, he looks terrible. And then he goes into Superman mode in the fourth quarter. Well, Drew Locke just needs to develop consistency. In the long run, I really like the Denver Broncos. I like what they're doing. When they get healthy, they're going to be dangerous. Um, You know, Drew Locke, I I think he can be the guy. I think that Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy, these young receivers that they got, uh, they're going places. Noah Fant is a great tight end. You know, I like Denver a lot. And, and I think that they have a bright future ahead of them. But uh, Drew Locke is not consistent right now. And he's going up against a very inconsistent Raiders defense, a defense that's looked really good some weeks 
and really awful other weeks. But inconsistent versus inconsistent, you know, kind of tells us we don't know what to expect here. But I'm just going to go with the idea that uh, Locke will probably struggle a little bit at first and then he'll probably get his points later because that's what uh, that's what's happened the last two weeks. Um, This week, Jerry Judy's dealing with an injury. Uh, That's a tough blow because uh, he and Drew Locke have really developed some chemistry together. Uh, this Raiders defense is, you know, it's a defense that they should be able to to score some points on, but I don't trust them to get uh, sure points every time down the field or anything. And that's what they'll probably have to do to win because as good as the Denver defense was playing earlier in the season, it seems like they've kind of faded a little bit. And this Raiders offense has continued to gel. Derek Carr, uh, he's not elite. Derek Carr is not one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's pretty darn good. And he's got a nice connection with Darren Waller. He's developed some really good chemistry with uh, Nelson Aguilar. Um, And the Raiders offense has Josh Jacobs. And Jacobs will be able to get some yards here. And the Raiders, I expect to see him score uh, plenty of points here. So, uh, again, I like both of these teams. I feel bad. Uh, I wish I could pick Denver too, because I, I, I do. I, I appreciate them. I, I like what they're doing there. Uh, but I, I think Las Vegas is rolling right now. So uh, I'm taking the Raiders to beat the Broncos 28 to 23. Las Vegas is four and a half point uh, favorites. So I'm taking them to, to get that uh, against the spread and straight up. Buffalo at Arizona. This might be the most exciting game of the week. And the reason I say that is because you're talking about two young guns, uh, the quarterbacks here. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, it's it's kind of similar to the uh, to the Tua-Justin Herbert matchup, only uh, these ones are a, a couple years further on, right? So Buffalo at Arizona features Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, of course, and Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. So we're excited about this one, mostly because of those two quarterbacks, and you're going to see two quarterbacks just duel it out in this one. And the reason being is because both of these defenses have not played well recently. Both of these defenses are weak in certain areas, and they're going to be able to be exploited. Uh, First, you got Josh Allen. Allen looked like an MVP candidate through the first few weeks of the season, kind of faded for a little bit then got way back on track last week. And I think you'll see that continue because the Cardinals are dealing with some injuries on defense. And basically, they, they've been able to be exploited this year. Uh, the Bills added a new dimension to their offense when Zach Moss came back as well. So Zach Moss and Devin Singletary in the backfield. But that's not really what it's all about for Buffalo. For Buffalo, it's about Josh Allen uh, with that cannon arm, with that uh, Brett Favre-esque arm, just firing the ball down the field uh, to Stefan Diggs and, you know, finding Cole Beasley and, you know, using the intermediate game there. So, you know, I expect to see that continue for Josh Allen. Uh, for Kyler Murray, this guy is playing exceptional football. He is the preeminent running quarterback in football at this moment. And that's with respect to Lamar Jackson, but Kyler is doing it in a way that uh, is is his own unique brand. 
but Kyler Murray has looked amazing uh, as a running quarterback. And that's not all he does. He runs the offense very well. He's got a great connection with DeAndre Hopkins. And now he's developed a, a wonderful connection with Christian Kirk. So you're really seeing this Arizona offense coming into the, its own as well. So this is just a matter of how many points is Kyler going to put up? How many points is Josh going to put up? And I think you're going to see a shootout. I think Buffalo's defense is better than the Cardinals defense. And that's probably the difference in this game. Uh, you know, I, I think the quarterbacks are fairly evenly matched. I think the offenses are pretty evenly matched. And I think maybe Buffalo manages to make just one more stop than the Cardinals do. So in this one, Arizona's one and a half point favorites. Um, we're, we're doing an upset special here. We're taking the Bills to win straight up, uh, 41 to 37 over the Cardinals. So again, Bills win straight up and they're one and a half point underdogs who are taking them against the spread as well. Speaking of one and a half point underdogs, uh, the Seattle Seahawks are one and a half point underdogs to the Los Angeles Rams. And I understand this because, you know, Seattle's defense looked truly abysmal, uh, last week against the Bills. Um, and, you know, all signs would point to that continuing, but not so fast. Um, because while the Rams are a really, really good offensive team at times, uh, Jared Goff has had issues uh, taking advantage of good matchups. Um, on the outside, yeah, of course, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, they should make it happen. And you know, we always talk about McVeigh's backs. You know, McVeigh has those running backs rolling. But, uh, and, and with the bye week that the Rams are coming off of, you would think that they would be really well prepared for this. Uh, Seattle's defense, though, has some X factors. And, and here's what they are um, First off, everybody is giving Jamal Adams a hard time this week, saying that he's terrible. Well, look, he was coming back from injury, he, he rushed back from injury. Maybe he wasn't fully ready to play. There was some rust. I expect to see a different Jamal Adams uh, this week um, against the Rams. Uh, the second thing is, again, they have Carlos Dunlap coming coming in. Um, he's still getting acclimated, so their, their pressure off the edge should be improving. That that's a that's another factor to consider. At some point, they got Damon Snacks Harrison uh, coming in as well. He's been on the, their practice squad, I think, just getting ready to play. So that's that's another factor that'll be coming along for that Seattle defense. I think you're going to see a Seattle defense have a little bit of a bounce back game here. I know their their corners are still banged up. That's still a hard thing. I think you'll see a little bit of a bounce back game. I'm not saying that the Rams won't score some points because I'm sure they will. Because, yeah, I mean, hey, look, you got too many weapons not to score a little bit. Um, on the other side of it, of course, the Rams defense has played really, really well this year and, and they are good. The, the Rams defense is very good and, you know, I think they'll play well, but, um, you know, always, always get in the corner. This is like the Brady principle we talked about earlier. Always get in the corner of a elite quarterback coming off a, a terrible loss. So for me, that's, that's the same thing with Russell Wilson here. I really think Russell Wilson is going to go supernova on the Rams. He's capable of it. Uh, you know that he is. And Wilson has been unbelievable this year. I know he made a lot of mistakes in, in the game uh, last Sunday. But you know what? Wilson has put it together when it counted. 
um, pretty much every game this year. He's put on the cape and, and he's been that that Superman. I, I think you'll see him do it again here. Um, Seattle's un, an underdog, and, and again. I will take Wilson as an underdog pretty much every time because he will will his team to victory over and over and over again, especially when you're counting them out. So I I think probably the biggest factor in this is you're going to see the Seattle defense play better than they did last week. And I think the second biggest factor is that Russell Wilson as an underdog is going to light it up. So uh, prepare for that. Um, I'm taking Seattle to win this one 30 to 26 against the Los Angeles Rams and obviously straight up win and against the spread there since they are underdogs. Um, another underdog special, um, coming up here. This one, probably, probably the biggest underdog, um, that that we're going to take this week for sure. Um, Cincinnati is seven and a half point underdogs to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are undefeated this year, okay? And I think they're like number four overall uh, on offense this year and number five overall on defense. So the Steelers have played really, really well this year, and there's a reason why they're undefeated. But let's let's analyze this matchup based on how these two teams have been playing recently um, because we put a lot of emphasis on that undefeated part of the, the, who the Steelers are. This is a team that barely got by the putrid Dallas Cowboys last week. They made Garrett Gilbert look good. I'm I'm not saying the Pittsburgh defense has issues. Not truly. Um, Pittsburgh defense is just fine. But at the same time, uh, I think you're looking at a Cincinnati offense that has looked better and better. And Joe Burrow has been more and more comfortable. And Burrow is a gamer. This guy steps up when it counts. He is awesome. I love Joe Burrow. And Burrow has A.J. Green. He has T. Higgins. He has Tyler Boyd. He has some of the best receivers in the game at his disposal. And a a healthier by the week, Joe Mixon, who is also one of the best running backs in the game. So despite a a poor offensive line, and and I'm sure Pittsburgh will get pressure on him. Cam Hayward will get pressure. Uh, T.J. Watt will get pressure. But with that said... Burrow is going to put up some points because that's what he's been doing. And he's got enough weapons at his disposal that you can't count him out. So I, I think you will see uh, Burrow uh, put up some points on the Steelers team. I, I like the Steelers defense, but I actually like Cincinnati's offense more uh, this week. Now let's talk about the Steelers offense. The Steelers offense has been awesome this year because they got Chase Claypool now and he's just like such a great athlete. Um, you know, th- those receivers, Deontay Johnson's really good. Juju Smith-Schuster uh, is finally starting to come around again. Um, so yeah, you, you got a lot of weapons. And, uh, you know, James Conner in the backfield is a plus two. So so that's great. Roethlisberger uh, is looking injured. Let's just be frank about this. I, I don't know. His his passes look like they, they lack zip. He's wincing in pain. His knees, this, that. And not to mention, yeah, he's on the COVID list this week. So if he tests positive, he's out of the game and Mason Rudolph is starting this one. Now, uh, you know, I fell for this last week with um, Matthew Stafford. I thought that the Lions would have Chase Daniel in the game and they didn't. Stafford tested negative, suited up. That was fine. But this week, we really don't know. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is, is in quarantine. He's not able to practice with the team uh, because of COVID. 
because he's been exposed. So so we we don't know if he has it or not. Um, either way, I don't. If he starts, I don't. He's not a hundred percent. He's nowhere near a hundred percent. Both of his knees are bothering him. It looks like his elbow or his shoulders bothering him, and he's just not. He's not right. Ben's not right right now. And if this is Mason Rudolph. Um, even, even if he's stepping in for a Ben Roethlisberger, that's not right. Mason Rudolph is terrible. So, you know, you're looking at, I am anticipating poor quarterback play from the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday and Cincinnati doesn't have a great defense, but they do have Mike Daniels back now and Daniels and Geno Atkins back at the same time, creating some interior pass rush, creating a little disruption and I think they're going to be able to make a few plays. So, you know, add those elements together. Now, I'm saying, is this a little radical? Sure, it's radical to, to predict a straight-up loss for an undefeated team against a team in Cincinnati who's not a playoff team. But that's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm throwing down here. Uh, we're going Bengals 32, Steelers 29. And, uh, yeah, I'm just taking the Bengals to win straight up. And I'm taking them clearly to cover that seven and a half point spread. Uh, this is probably my favorite pick uh, of the week right here. Uh, San Francisco at New Orleans. Um, these are two teams that that are, you know, had, had had been heading in opposite directions, right? The Saints looked as good as any team in the league has looked this year uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They destroyed them. They dismantled them. Offensively, they looked in sync. Taysom Hill uh, just looked amazing. Um, Mike Thomas being back, that's huge. Um, you know, Breeze obviously had a good game. Alvin Kamara uh, hasn't had a bad game all year. And that Saints defense looked suffocating. On the other hand of it, you got the 49ers, which the last time we saw them, uh, Nick Mullins was throwing inaccurate passes. George Kittle's out for the season. Uh, they continue to deal with a banged up defense, Kwan Williams out. Um, so, so many Richard Sherman still out for the year, obviously. So, so many of these guys, um, and Nick Bosa and all this thing. So the 49ers are, are a mess of injuries. It uh, looks like Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman are not going to be back for this one. That means that, uh, we'll continue to see, uh, Jarek McKinnon and J. Michael Hasty in the backfield here. So, you know, all of these things said, you're like, wow, New Orleans <laughs> is an easy pick, right? And, and I understand the thought process there. Um, and maybe, in fact, I mean, I'm taking New Orleans to win, spoiler alert, um, you know, fairly handily. And yet New Orleans comes in here nine and a half point favorites. And, and I think that's a little tricky because the Saints are a really good team, but the 49ers are very well coached and they're a lot healthier than they were against Green Bay, a lot healthier. So you're going to see a different 49ers team in this game than, than you saw last Thursday night. Um, I really don't think there's any question about that. And the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan's smart. He's going to give the ball to, to Jarek McKinnon. He's going to try to create some run lanes. If that doesn't work, um, he does finally have some targets available for Nick Mullins. See, Mullins looked terrible against the Packers, but part of that was he had no targets available. So uh, Brandon Ayuk is available in this one. That's going to be a huge factor. Um, you know, I look for San Francisco's defense to have a little bit of a rebound as well. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to play amazing. Uh, I'm not saying that they're even going to come close to winning this one. I just think nine and a half points. 
uh, it's too big of a spread for me uh, with two teams that I think are both well coached and I think San Francisco is healthier than they were. So I'm going New Orleans 35, San Francisco 26. And so I'm taking uh, the Saints obviously to win straight up and San Francisco to keep that closer than nine and a half points. So there's that. All right. Baltimore at New England. Unfortunately, this matchup lacks some of the intrigue that it had when the Patriots were healthy because the Patriots are so banged up. They have 16 players, 16 players that didn't participate in practice on Wednesday. That's a huge number. Cam Newton doesn't look right. He's banged up. You, you got like no, almost no healthy receivers. Looks like uh, Cam, they're, they're like unwilling to run the ball with him unless it's in a goal line situation. So, so that's rough. And you're going up against a Baltimore defense that is incredibly good. The Baltimore defense is really, really good. Um, in fact, a lot of people, when they think of Baltimore, they're thinking of Lamar Jackson. I get that. Lamar Jackson is a great player. But really, uh, you should be thinking about that Baltimore defense because that's their calling card. That's that's their main thing that they do right now is they play good defensive football. And uh, the Patriots really have nobody on offense that threatens anybody. Uh, you know, Jacoby Myers is not making defensive coordinators stay up late at night thinking, how am I going to stop him? No, New England doesn't have anyone that anybody's scared of. And this Baltimore team, uh, look, they haven't played great on offense either. They've been out of sync. It's true. And Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, he's he's a very good quarterback, but he needs a really strong run game in order to succeed. Um, He creates part of that run game. um, And that's wonderful. But, you know... it just hasn't looked perfect for Baltimore, but it doesn't need to be. That's the point. Right now, they're a talented enough team, and Lamar Jackson's a talented enough quarterback that they don't need it to be perfect in order to win big. So in this one, they're six and a half point favorites. I am fine taking Baltimore to win this one 27 to 17 over the Patriots and uh, yeah, win it comfortably uh, and, and beat that six and a half point spread. Uh, let's talk Monday Night Football. Minnesota at Chicago, an NFC North rivalry game. Is anybody playing better than Dalvin Cook right now? Dalvin Cook has played exceptional. He's looked so, so good. And going up against the Chicago defense, that's going to be hard to sustain because the Bears defense is for real. They, they are a good, good defense. And they, they're a good defense against the pass, and they're even better against the run. So Dalvin Cook, yeah, he's probably going to have a tougher time uh, getting his yards. And yet, I, I just look at how hot he is, how how well he's played. I find it difficult to say, okay, Dalvin Cook's just, you know, he's not going to get it done. He will. He will get it done. And the Vikings, uh, their coaching staff is smart enough to know you got to put this, the game in Dalvin Cook's hands because you do not want Kirk Cousins throwing this game away because that's the only thing that's going to cost Minnesota the victory is if Kirk Cousins throws the game away. Why do I say that? I say that because Chicago has no chance on offense. No chance. Um, This team's offense, despite... Here's the thing. They have good wide receivers. Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson are good wide receivers. But David Montgomery is the least dynamic running back who is starting in the NFL, maybe with the exception of David Johnson. No juice. David Montgomery has zero juice. And now that they're lacking that element with Tariq Cohen, they're trying to get it from Corderell Patterson. It's not working. And 
Jimmy Graham is a focal point of this offense. Graham is so washed up. He's so done. And it is pointless to lean on him. He's not going to make big plays. Nick Foles is overmatched. He's trying his hardest. And I appreciate Nick Foles. Look, I appreciate him. I'm not a Nick Foles hater. But he's so overmatched to try to make plays. Foles is not a playmaker. He's a guy who... If you plug him into an offense with really nice weapons, he can make it happen, but the Chicago offensive line is bad. And look, this Vikings defense, despite, like, I wrote them off because I was like, oh, Yannick Ngakwe's gone, so they're not going to be as good. Look, uh, without Ngakwe, I feel like they have more balanced defensive line play. I feel like Eric Kendricks is having a wonderful year. Their young corners are actually kind of kind of coming into their own a little bit. And Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith are still two of the best safeties in the game. So with all that said, how is Chicago going to score? You know, against Tennessee, they barely managed to score. And this Vikings defense, to me, is better than the Titans defense. So, you know, I I don't see Chicago putting up points. And Dalvin Cook's going to make a few plays and put the Vikings up. And Chicago's not going to be able to come back. So Minnesota 24 Chicago 13, that's my that's my prediction. Uh, Minnesota straight up winner and the winner against the spread uh, of two and a half points that, that Minnesota's favored by. Let's quickly hit on a few players I think will do well in fantasy this week. Um, starting with the tight end position, I think Noah Fant versus Las Vegas. You're going to see uh, Fant exploit the weak Las Vegas uh, coverage linebackers. TJ Hawkinson, uh, Detroit tight end, very similar against Washington. Um, I like Washington's uh, defensive backs. They're wonderful. Um, and they'll shut down people like Marvin Jones and Hall and these other guys. And it'll leave Stafford throwing to guys like TJ Hawkinson trying to beat uh, Washington's linebackers in coverage. Okay, Brandon Ayuk, we mentioned him uh, against New Orleans. Then Kyle Shanahan will find alternate ways to get him the ball uh, against the Saints. And I think he will play a big role in his comeback game here. Travis Fulgham versus the New York Giants. Uh, The Giants are going to be dealing with Alshon Jeffrey on the outside. Likely he's being shadowed by James Bradbury. That leaves Fulgham uh, free to be matched up against their second and third corners. And I think Fulgham will probably have a decent day. Similar logic on Tyler Lockett, Seattle wide receiver versus the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Of course, DK Metcalf will get his plays, no doubt about it, but he's being uh, shadowed, no doubt, by by Jalen Ramsey, so that's a tough matchup for him. I always love Lockett in these situations where DK Metcalf's going up against a a really elite cornerback because uh, Lockett will get all of those targets from Russell Wilson. Talked about this earlier, very shaky run defense in Carolina. I expect to see Leonard Fournette get plenty of carries and so that uh, Brady can be used in the play-action game. So Leonard Fournette, yeah, I expect him to, to really pound the rock here. Hopefully Arians does that. think that it was a huge mistake uh, by the Buccaneers, even being down by quite a bit, not to lean on the run game uh, against the Saints. I don't think they make the same mistake here, and I think Fournette gets going uh, against Carolina. We mentioned Brady. Brady will also, he's in his, he's in vengeance mode. He had a horrible game against the Saints, against a very pedestrian Carolina secondary. I expect to see him get going. Nick Chubb is back against one of the worst run defenses in the league against Houston. Now, we don't know where Nick Chubb's at. Maybe he's got some rust on him. I don't know. But in any event, 
most weeks. This is like my would be my top <laughs> play of the week here. Um, you know, if you're talking daily fantasy or anything like that, Nick Chubb against the Houston Texans. I expect to see him have a very nice day if he's fully healthy. James Robinson, uh, the running back for the Jaguars against the Green Bay Packers. The Jaguars' ticket to staying in this game is their run game, and James Robinson has showed that that he's very capable of keeping the Jags afloat that way. And finally, I like Deshaun Watson against the Cleveland Browns. The Texans aren't going to have a run game to speak of. Watson's going to have to keep him in it, and he's going to sling the ball all over the yard. So those are 10 fantasy picks that I like this week. Well, we have reached the end of our podcast. I thank you for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the NFL action, and I'll see you right back here for week 11. This has been NFL Picks with Gabe on Everything Burrito Production. Thanks for tuning in.